evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, this is not a regular AA meeting. Uh, it's going to be more like uh, just a talk. I come here a couple times a year, like the last 11 years. And by the third day, basically, I'm all dried up. <laughs> I usually see it more like a lightning storm, not a weather front. Yeah. So a little thing. You drop some money there, but yeah, just throw it in there. the I'll throw it in the basket. <laughs> 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 drop some more. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a lot of dropping of money. <laughs> yeah, so and has anyone not been here the last two days? Oh, it's few, so I'll give you a you know, um I'll qualify, I guess uh 1988, I came into uh, the program, uh, March 21st, 1988. March 20th, I was in a trailer park. Um, before I knew it, <laughs> I came out of a blackout while I was at the trailer park. I don't know how long I was at the trailer park, I, but I left San Francisco four days before and I was up about two hours north, sitting uh, across from somebody, drinking vodka, Royal Cape vodka, and, uh, you know, just trying to stay loaded with the hopes I could get high, really. That was usually the, the day, the day's agenda. And I had those mountains that some of us have to climb, which is I didn't have any money, and I had to convince other people to do what I wanted, which wasn't going well the last few months of the run and so I was really angry actually I was really pissed off not getting what I wanted and uh, so I came in I came sort of to saw this guy he had a big head uh, bulbous nose varicose veins and uh, I said to myself this guy's a bum you know and lo and behold he was looking at me like I was a bum and uh, at that moment something happened that has changed the course of this life, really. Because uh, about two seconds before this happening, I had been in a program for two years called Delancey Street. They have a chapter in New York City, I think, but this one's in San Francisco. From 85 to 87, I had graduated with flying colors. I was... Uh, I had there was I was there was hope there that things were going to be different, but it didn't work out that way. I got sort of taken over by the parasite pretty quickly, and by far you know in a couple of weeks I was being used for transportation. Really, something was just out there living again through me, and uh, you know how it goes. It spiraled very fastly down, and you know I had passed pitiful and comprehensible demoralization. That was become a norm. And then I'd have different degrees of it, really. And uh, I just cannot believe how low we can go. It just blows my mind. And, uh, and I was really scraping an ever-deepening bottom. So, and I, at that point, I wasn't seeing this as a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which means it was appearing to be true or false to me. I thought it was a hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah, because I'd given it my best shot two years and three months in programs. Uh, you know, my mother had been praying for me, you know, the congregation, a lot of human people wanted me to stop drinking. I wanted to, my mother wanted me to, the state wanted me to. Nothing seemed to be able to produce that effect. And uh, as long as I was like suspended or contained in a program, I would thrive. But when I left, I, you know, left to my own devices, I was overwhelmed because I'm outmatched. Yeah, the parasite is a the parasite of alcoholism has its way with me. So, I uh, that thing hit and it was like a download. First of all, the stream in my head stopped for a minute or two, which I didn't think was possible, and something took that space and something came through. And I'm not a real believer in the first step of uh, admitting to uh, admitting that you're an alcoholic, I like the part in the book where you admit to your innermost self. That to me has traction. Admitting 
that I'm an alcoholic was just another way of getting drugs and alcohol, really, or getting another pass or a place to stay or a couch to sleep on, yes? But uh, when it, this download went past the head and went somewhere, we call, I think they imply it as the innermost, you know, in AA. But it went somewhere, and it was just like a CNN newsflash, really. Just like wham, no story, just a headline, and it really said I'm fucked, you know? And I had been for quite a while, but the, the muscle of denial is unbelievable. It is unbelievable, uh, you know, how I can see my life and others can see my life. And I'd much rather take their opinion of it than mine, really. But I was only taking mine. So it, that hit me. And then the next little, like the new books they have out, so that would be the title, I'm Fucked. And then they have the other sentence, and I'm not managerial quality. That's what I really want. So I'm not managerial quality. And then uh, suddenly, I had different thoughts, and the first thought I had was, call up Delancey Street, see if they'll take me back, yeah? Now, they had been following my newsletter for the last 10 months, and <laughs> they made a requirement. They say, no, you're not coming back. You can come back in a month, and we'll interview you, and we'll see if we want you or not. And I said the first honest thing I'd said in 10 months, which is, I don't think I have a month, really. Mm. You know, I really didn't. And so then I called up a woman who I used to party with, basically take advantage of, really, you know. The parasite in me demonstrated a lot of parasitical behavior, you know, out there, yeah. So, and uh, I had a long string of girlfriends slash nurses, considering my proclivities, you know, they were helpful to get medical shit. <laughs> so I always ended up on, if there was like a dating site, Nurses Are Us, I'd be on them. They usually have compassion and that can be taken advantage of by an alcoholic mind. So I uh, called her up and I asked her and I sounded pretty humble and I felt, you know, it really shocked me. And then she decided to drive up an hour and a half from the city, San Francisco, and uh, in that hour and a half, I had a miraculous alcoholic recovery. I wanted to get loaded again. I did. It's like that moment seemed to have disappeared, and I tried to talk her into doing what I wanted. So I said, can we get some beer, you know, we'll cop the cocaine, get the dirty magazines, rent the hotel room. And she had followed that equation with me many times, hadn't been that satisfying for her. So she said, no, we're not doing that. Uh, and she said, do you want a place to stay tonight? Which is what I, you know, the immediacy is yes, I need a place because I had nowhere to go. And I said, yes. And she says, you have to, uh, you've got to go to a recovery meeting. So she brought me, dropped me off at my first meeting, a men's meeting on, on Army and uh, Valencia in San Francisco. I walked into that meeting and I felt hope. And then it allowed me to feel how hopeless I was. And uh, she allowed me to stay at her house. She had to sneak me in because her, her roommate, it's like a condominium, didn't like me. So she had to sneak me in, I had to sleep in the closet. And I'm 6'2", and the closet was about 5'10". But uh, I'm tip, you know, I'm, a, I'm like a cockroach, I can adapt. You, know? <laughs> you can't kill me. So, so, and I was in that closet and uh, fell asleep. And when I woke up, things had changed. Yeah. That urge, that radio isotope of, of fucking oomph, you know, that urge. Uh, and the, and the franticness around it, trying, I have to get out of myself, really, uh, was subdued somewhat, and I could think, and I thought, man, I better call that AA thing and see if they have an earlier meeting. I'm not going to make it till 8 o'clock. Yeah, so they did. They said, there's one at 12 o'clock, and I went to that, and I've been going ever since, 31 years. So I really feel like I got struck sober, and that, but... That struck sober wouldn't have lasted for a few days unless I had a way of life. So I got introduced to AA, which was what would extend sobriety in time for me. Yeah, And I think if you're a real addict or a real alcoholic, I think we need a way of life. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know like shock therapy, ayahuasca's, LSD for a weekend may give us an opportunity to reboot, but without a way of life, we're probably going to go off the rails. Yeah? And I've worked with some of those people. They have a lot of rehabs in Mexico, and their recidivism rate is still very high because they just, you need principles. You need 
this has this if this was a car it veers way left you know i mean it can't you can't just fucking the steering wheel has a fucking stubborn tendency to go off the rails so you need to have some solid rails put down and then start and when i walked in here and people told me hey you know my first decisions in aa were based on hope yeah, I, they said, you should come back. I said, I hope you're right. And they said, sit in the front, listen to whoever's speaking. Okay, I hope you're right. Uh, you know, people who do service are more apt to stay sober than other people. All right, so get a commitment at this meeting. Okay, get a sponsor. Well, no, I don't really want that. At the time. <laughs> but I, I did the other stuff. And because AA works, this is the, the hope turned into belief quickly. And like, I believe, in my own experience, everyone, you know, as Bill W. says, just the people who are doing the steps will interpret the steps, yeah? My idea of the second step is an observational step, yeah? I took suggestions, yeah? And then I realized I hadn't gotten loaded for eight weeks. So, you know, I came to believe that something had done for me what I can't do for myself because I've been sober eight weeks. I didn't need, that's, and came means it's an effect. It's, or, yes, it's not like, it's I came to believe, so I observed what was happening to me, because I'm not two levels below a coconut. There is some sentience here. I can observe when I'm feeling better. I hope so it's not that nuded out. But, but, uh, but, you know, eight weeks, I got a ghetto box. You know, I got one, my favorite, because everything was gone. You know, it takes everything. You know, I got my, a, a, you know, like eight track from my favorite old bands. And, you know, I was in a residential hotel with a German tourist. I was just, but it was fucking great. Yeah, and I was on my way. And so I took the suggestions and what I really believe, I'm just going to share uh, my observations. If you look at the diagnosis, AA says the problem resides in the mind. Yeah. So you don't have to look at it probably resides in your mother or the cops or the judge. It's the mind. Yeah. All right. The problem resides in the mind. Now, if the problem resides in your mind in the thought system, you don't really want to have much thought about the solution, do you? So if you do take the suggestions and you do those actions, they'll turn into habits. And a habit is an action without thought. Yeah. So I don't think about going to AA meetings. I think which one? Yeah, I'm in a habit of, I, I'm in a habit of ensuring my sobriety. No thought about it, fucking nothing. It's just, just like I was in a habit, just what they call heroin. You get a habit, there's you gotta do it. You think, you know, there's no thought about, it. oh, I think I'll shoot up again. You gotta fucking shoot up, yeah. So, but this is a good habit and it's, it's the insurance policy. So the first year, man, yeah, that is to me, is that's the setting of the foundation. And then I would really, if I was a newcomer, if I was going to give anyone advice, I would say, please ask for the ability to be convinced and finally be done with this fucking thing. Yeah, you're not managerial quality. The appropriate thing is to admit that. Yeah, and see that you need to bring in a new management team. Yeah. So you have to admit the futility or the failure of the system you've been relying on with the hopes that a new system can appear. And to me, how I get from the failed system to the new system's AA's way of life and the steps and stuff like that. And of course, the umbrella of this grace called the higher power. I don't think if there was just steps without the higher power, it would be self-help, self-help program. I don't see it as a self-help program at all. Yeah. There's this ingredient that you can't quantify in these rooms, and it's that loving God or that presence that's infusing this room of its own consciousness. You know, there's some juice here, and if you have a little bit of willingness, you have to admit, if you've been in AA, a little bit is matched with a long way from the higher power. I mean, you, we don't do much, and then a whole lot of shit happens. Good shit, yeah? So I, it's not even a transactional deal. It's just an honoring, first an admitting, and then an honoring of this possibility, and honoring. So like when I was here last night or something, you know, the people are in the habit of watching, looking on their cell phones at meetings, you know? To me, that's not honoring the meeting. Yeah, especially these people where I live, 
they're on their cell phone, then they share, and then they go back on their cell phone. <laughs> honor, the, honor the fucking meeting. It's, saved, it's taking you out of hell. You know what I mean? It's taking us out of hell. Show some fucking respect for it. And you know what? Because the honoring of it sort of promotes more of it for you, I feel. I think that's the appropriate response. If something took me out of hell, I would be fucking grateful as hell around that, and I would respect that fucking vehicle. I would. Yeah. So these things seem just common sense to me. So that second step, I came to believe very quickly that something could do for me what I can't do for myself, and then the rest of my sobriety has been expanding on what I can't do for myself, really. Because something has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. There's a lot of shit I can't do for myself. Yeah? And, and it's been proven over and over and over again. And when does it, when are we convinced? I mean, how much more evidence do you need that you're fucked? You know? Really? <laughs> so, then you go, I'm going to just do the steps in yes. the way tonight I see them. So the third step. <laughs> yeah, because it's new every day. Seriously. The steps aren't, but your, your scent and taste of them are. This is what it says in our thing called a uh, vision for you. you will, God will constantly disclose to us tons of shit. Tons of it. Like peace and serenity and understanding. Yeah, and then seeing the patterns, and one of the first big patterns we all need to see is your role in things. Yeah, we've got to get a sense of what was my role in these situations that I have so much resentment for. Yeah, because if you're listening to your head, it's very selective. It will forget that you were making eyes on, at that guy's girlfriend, and then all you remember is the guy just cold cocked me out of the blue. You know what I mean? I was fucking doing nothing. Yeah, but you, if, if you look, invariably, you'll find you made a decision, not your decision, based on self. And AA, to me, has very clearly, Bill W., knowing it or not, separated us and self. Yeah, and I'll read it, I'll just say that sentence again, it's the most pivotal sentence for me. On page 64, you know, being convinced which means to believe with certainty now, yeah? It doesn't do you any good that you believed with certainty yesterday <laughs> or you're gonna believe with certainty. It's now, it's a present tense condition with the hopes that by reviewing your life and seeing how self has defeated us, we're clear about that, yeah? So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, yeah? It separates, so I would say there's one, I don't even know what you want to call it. Let's just call self, and then there's all of us, yeah? So self has somehow manifested through all of us and defeated us, yeah? So this idea of self manifested through all of us, each one of us, and has defeated us. And when we look at how we've been defeated, they're very similar to how you've been defeated, yeah? And you, and you, and you, to this point where if you look at the society, in the, in the NA, they used to talk about it. Most of us end up at three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. Yeah. Now, every one of the drivers who ended up those three parking spaces thought they were terminally unique. But they were in the same fucking fleet. They went to the same fucking places because they weren't driving the car the parasite was, self was. Self uses us to manifest through, and its manifest manifestations defeat us because we keep calling them ours. So the next thing, this is so beautifully clear. <coughs> Being convinced that self manifested in a lot of ways. We're not even gonna look at the big ones in the inventory. We'll look at the most common ones. There's tons of them. Look at the dictionary and look up the word self. Then they usually have a hyphen, and they have a, like 150 attributes. And if you, if you weigh the 150, about 120 are fucking really negative. And there's maybe 30 okay, like self-love, but then there's self-emulation, self-destruction, self-hatred, and self-esteem or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so weighted one way, yes? Why would you want self to be what you are taking yourself to be? Because then you're going to have its fucking effects. 
you're going to have a whole lot of self-destruction and self-hate, and maybe through a program of recovery or for some miracle, you'll finally, finally, after years, maybe feel some self-love. I don't know. But to me, it's like way, way imbalanced. Yeah? So self manifested in various ways. So what has defeated us? Are you convinced of that? Well, let's just say it. Just act, act as if you want. All right. We're convinced that. All right. Now we'll look at some of its common manifestations. And this is, and now you go into the fourth step. You do the writing, which is the first one is resentment. So resentment is a manifestation of self. Not ours. So self is manifesting resentments, fears, harms other people, pursuit of what we want, and it's defeating us. Those manifestations are defeating us. Yeah? How do they defeat us? We call them ours. Even when we get into recovery, we're still calling them ours. How can we have real relief if you don't get to the exact nature of the wrong? The exact nature of the wrong is identification as what you're not. How can I say that? Well, we always use Hope Stanley's here again. I just like the word Stanley. <laughs> so here we are, and Stanley is, man, is manifesting through me. Yeah? Stanley is manifesting through me. And every time I notice the manifestation, I call them mine. Yeah? I call them Paul's manifestations. I must be in the act, right at that moment, being identified as Stanley. Or I would recognize they weren't mine. Yes? If I was clear that I wasn't Stanley, I would be clear that Stanley's manifestations aren't mine, and I bet you, you'd have a lot easier time dealing with Stanley's manifestations than after they're called yours. Because one of Stanley's resentments maybe lasts for a few hours. One of yours is fucking 40 years. <laughs> There's a huge difference. The ownership of it adds so much fucking power to it. Fear, my fear. Resentment, my resentment. We used to do this for years. Put down the word money, health, sex. Yeah? Everyone has a, gets a hit by looking at the word. You can't look at it, but hearing. And I'm going to change the meaning of the word without changing a letter of the word. My money, my health, my sex. So I want everyone in this room to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. You see? The my changes the meaning. That's what our head's doing all fucking day. The mental state is adding shit to what's occurring. Yeah? By the my. So now we're calling Stanley resentments my resentments. And many of us in our community do it. And we teach people to do an inventory and write down your resentments, your fears, your this, when clearly they're not seen to be that in the book. They're seen to be manifestations of selves. Why don't we give what's selves to selves? Why do we want to claim what's selves? Yes? That's the freedom from the bondage of self. The bondage, the freedom, the bondage of self is that we're claiming to be doing what self is doing through us. That's the bondage of self. That's the bondage of Stanley, really. I'm, I am Paul, but I'm living as if I'm Stanley. And if you knew Stanley, that would be fucking really heavy bondage, if you know that. <laughs> I'd rather just be Paul. So, 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 so I want to go back to the third step. And this is just what's happening, you know, how I see it. Yeah. And I'm just a humble member of the tribe. And I really, my only drive ever since this, these things started, because it feels like I'm a hose and water comes through, is the fucking, I would just, it's just like I saw a great movie, I want to tell you about it, really. It's that type of thing. <laughs> I mean, I really feel like you'll know the problem from the solution. If you really get relief from the problem, it informs you a lot about the problem. It really does. You can't know the problem from the problem. You can know it from the solution. So when you get relief, you'll know why there wasn't relief. And I've had the grace to be able to live many days as if the problem does not exist for me anymore, which is a very high level solution. Very high level. So, <laughs> so the third step, 
So the second step, I've observed that something is done for me what I can't do for myself, so let's throw the whole fucking pot out that way. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I, you know, make a decision to turn your life and, you know, over to the care, your willing life to something else. And I remember when our family put my mother into her place. She was living in an apartment and she would pass out in this wheelchair and she couldn't move and she was afraid she couldn't get to the food and everything. So it was time to put her somewhere and put her under someone else's care, yeah? And at first she was very afraid, but after a few weeks of getting fed three times a day, and that fear lifted because she had evidence contrary to it, yes? As soon as the basis of the fear was changed, the fear, she outgrew the fear, yeah? Because she was under care of something greater than herself. This is what, to me, is the spirit of the third step. I'm going to turn my will and my life up. But see, I can't do that at that moment. I make a decision because if you don't admit your will and your life has been taken over by alcoholism, you really don't have, you can't turn your will and life over. That's why it says you can make a decision, because, but you don't have the power to do it because you're already occupied. <laughs> the alcoholism has you. And so when people, when the alcoholism makes the decision to turn its will and life over to the care of a higher power, it has a clause in the agreement, I can take it back at any time, yeah? So if I want to meet a girl, fucking take that back, take this, take that, yeah? So we, a lot of people, we play a transactional game of, I surrender, take it back, and then when the shit hits the fan, I surrender again, take it back. Maybe one time, you won't be able to, yes? Yeah. So I don't see that as surrender. Because surrender really, as the principle, turns into surrendered. Mm -hmm. Yeah? You're very clear that you're not managerial quality. You're very clear that any life run on self's will, self's will, not yours or God's, self's, yeah, is not going to be a success. I'm very clear of all these descriptions because they fit me to a T, yeah? So I am, I'm very willing and to make that decision. Now, I can't bring it about, and that's four through nine. The working steps is what allows the third step to be filled with like flesh and blood, yeah? It gives it weight because now you've introduced, by doing, by weakening the power that has you, another power becomes available, which we call the higher power. And to me, alcoholism is like a little dog masquerading as a big dog. If you introduce a bigger dog, it fucking rolls over, yeah? So to me, four through nine, initiates that yeah and if people talk about the the greatness of the third step they've usually done four through nine yeah because that to me is what gives it oomph yeah see now you have power be decided decision because at the third step we are not under control of our own lives we've been taken over we're occupied we're occupied by what i call a parasite it's just an image you know it's a mental parasite you couldn't see it. You can't see alcoholism, but you can see its effects. X-rays won't pick up alcoholism. It's a mental parasite. The diseases of a mental state, yeah? That's amazing, really. And to me, the parasitical nature of it, it has to have an incredible strategy because it's very hostile to the host. When alcoholism gets your life, it, you don't get treated well, you know? You don't. Though it will keep you alive a long time. I lived in the hate, and I watched some street people there. You couldn't, you, they got run over by a tractor. They were still <laughs> they, just, they just couldn't kill them. I mean, you know, some parasite didn't want to lose them. You know what I mean? They were like, they never get sick or nothing because they're so toxic already. But they keep on keeping on. It's my life. It really is to me. But so, so this parasite, to me, being incredibly hostile, has to have one of the greatest strategies in the world, and it does. It convinces the host that it's the host. So it neuters the host's innate desire to escape it by having you try to escape it as it. And we describe that condition in the community as self trying to get out of self. Self can't get out of self. Exactly. The parasite convinces the host that it's the parasite. Now the host can't imagine being free from it. It can imagine being free as it, which will never come to pass, but it cannot imagine being free from it. You have to see it as other. 
to be able to entertain, to be free from it. If you keep calling Stanley shit is yours, yeah, you're not going to be free from Stanley. You're going to hope to be free as Stanley. That was the big revelation, one of them, in, my pro in the program. I was about nine years sober. It didn't matter, really. And this struck me. I, I looked at that word, that sentence, being convinced that self, and I saw self as a foreign installment. I saw it as like a pathogen. And I had a good hit on it because I spent two years in the program, and the n first night I drank again, it was like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, going through that bathroom door at the end. He used Johnny. I, it was like something just came in me and just pushed me over to the passenger side and you know used me for transportation, basically. It was amazing. And, you know, your eyes change, your facial structure can change. It's like something's moving from the inside. You look like a rabid fucking Wolverine. You know what I mean? Hey, there's Jim. I, you know what happened? It's fucking scary. You know what I mean? So, so I saw it as other. This is exactly what happened. It was so cool in a way. I saw it as other, and then the possibility, hey, I could be free from it, came up. Yeah? And then it told me exactly what had been happening since I'd been six years old in a flash, and all I could see was the whole theme of my life was I was trying to get out of me as me. And I come, my hope from six on was captured by the statement in our community, self can't get out of self. I was doing that, that's all I was fucking trying to do. I had no idea I was identified as the parasite I was trying to get out of the parasite as the parasite, which is really being in the parasite. <laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't funny then, but it's funny now. <laughs> so at that point, I just, you know, the program changed for me, and I started to concentrate on many, they have many, uh, points about doing an inventory, but the one I'm most into is seeing how self has defeated us. Because with the hope, see, because it's an act of being identified, you can't see self, but you may intimate it by seeing its manifestations, yeah? So if you ever notice, like when you started getting AA and you would do inventories, something that you took really important, a lot of its manifestations were around. Like if it was self-esteem, that's where all the fears were, the resentments, yes. Oh, it's unbelievable. And so you can start putting two and two together. It's like following the breadcrumbs, but you'd follow like the piles of shit. Piles of shit, like the old pooper scooper story, and it leads you to the dog. Now, if you don't want to become a fucking master of picking up shit, get rid of the fucking dog. If you get rid of the dog, which is your interest and attention lifts off of this preoccupation with this fucking idea of you, and then it goes, you get interested in others, like it says, and you may be an other that you get interested in. Like it says, you'll lose interest in self. It doesn't say you'll lose interest in you. It says you lose interest in self and you gain interest in others. In that position, you're an other. So now there's going to be a healthy interest in the other that's you. This idea of, and then when it says we have to abandon ourselves, see, if you were, when we were running around in San Francisco, we'd have beaters, you know, like fucking $70 car, and we'd run it until it dropped dead. Usually we'd run into a tree, like at Barkin and Castro, and we'd just abandon it. We'd just say, fuck it. So it says, you know, abandon yourself to God. Because I wasn't a car, I could abandon the car and walk away. You can't abandon you, but you can abandon self because you're not self. You can abandon yourself, which is the claiming of self, abandon that which you're not over to the power. You can't abandon yourself to, you can't abandon you to God, you'll still be there. Yeah? I'm going to abandon Paul, and then Paul's going to try to walk away from the abandoned Paul. How is it going to work? Yeah? No, you can abandon something other than you. Now, he may not have meant it, but that's how I see it. And it says in this book, 
People, we don't know but a little. People are going to come after us, and there's going to be more disclosing. What if we're disclosing? Not changing the principles, but being more clear on the fucking diagnosis. Get down to the exact nature of the wrong, the causes and conditions. If the causes and conditions are Stanley is defeating me by his manifestations, and I can't keep calling them mine, I must be in the act of being identified as Stanley. Let's tell the truth about it. See what happens. Entertain it. Keep doing the program and see if maybe traveling lighter will stabilize. Because now you have a solid foundation. You've seen the pathogen as other than you. So the possibility of being free from it is available. And so it may become. Yes? That's the beauty of it. So the third step was I made a decision. That fourth step, we look at the three common ones. We know four columns and like we were talking about last night it's really let's say you put wendy and he sent her she left me and affected all this shit and what was my role in it i would love to flip it over and start with it yeah selfish and self-centeredness wendy yeah it would be cool but we're going the back way but really this was the this was the main motivator not wendy yeah this was because all of them all the different names have the same motors Selfishness, self-centeredness, yes? So you do the four columns and switch a route, and then you see, basically it all, to me, always gets down to self-seeking and frightened and selfishness. And those are just attributes of the real root problem, which is identification as self. Yeah. And it's beautiful, it says self-seeking and frightened, because it isn't self-seeking or frightened. Self-seeking is frightenedness. Why? Because you're relying on a failed system, and you know it, and it scares the fucking shit out of you. That's the whole thing when they describe fear. They say, what? why are you in so much fear today? And then, please, let's not have a meeting. We'll be here for fucking weeks. <laughs> <laughs> giving out reasons why we're in fear. And he just shuts that off and says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So self-reliance, if you look at reliance, means you're depending on something. So there's dependence on self to do what? Manage your fucking affairs, basically. Be you. I mean, you can't rely on something more than that than the, hey, you're me. <laughs> here's, your, here's the life, yeah? So if you take in the most extreme self-reliance would be being identified as self. I did tons of coke. I never thought I was cocaine. Now, one night did I do so much cocaine that I made a bed as a bindle and fucking got in there and folded it up. But we start, we start at that level of insanity. We start there. We're identified as the disease. It's like I, I'm taking myself to be cocaine. And all the cocaine I do reinforces that fact. So, so the fifth step... You know, you share it with another person and with the higher power. You always have to remember it's like a triangle. Yeah, the higher power, that presence is always brought in. The person hopefully points out some of your basic patterns of how self-defeated you. So what happens to me was then when they started to occur, I could see them through the lens of six and seven, and I'd watch what I used to not even see, and I go, hey, I'm entirely ready to have that fucking thing reconfigured. I don't like the word remove, because I don't think you can remove energy. I can reconfigure it, and I think it's all energy, really. Anger, hatred, all that is just energy, just bunched up in a certain way. So I, I say, hey, I'm entirely ready to have it removed. And I humbly ask that power to remove it. So four and five illuminate self, yeah? Because I can't see self, I see it through its fruits. Like Jesus says, you can't, uh, you'll, you can't know the truth, but tree, but you'll know the tree by its fruit. So I can't know self because I'm taking myself to be it, but I can recognize it by its fucking manifestations. So I do the info of the manifestations, then I recognize it. And I say, hey, I'm entirely ready. And the, the, the closer you get it right out of the oven to me is the better. And I do a lot of six and seven at meetings. Because when someone's talking about alcoholism, I'm not exempt from what they're sharing. I just go, oh, hey, I'm, I get a little twinge. Hey, I'm entirely ready. Take these cookies <laughs> out, you know? And, I've, and the bolster, it's like a booster rocket because there's that loving presence here. So uh, six and seven, to me, as you get into the program, is the most active steps. 
because you're going to keep getting constantly there'll be more disclosure of what you're not really you'll see a lot about stanley and hopefully you're seeing it from paul and you say hey i'm entirely ready fucking for you to have stanley and then i humbly ask that power yeah so six and seven to me are no well eight was simple you just wrote, write, wrote a list about people you harmed and stuff and then uh, it's up to what your sponsor wants you to do. Sometimes they say, do the easy ones or whatever. Blah, blah. But I found that once you get at that point, and also basically it's linear because it really sets you up for the next step. I tried to do some ninth step amends at the first step area time. It didn't work out well. Because <laughs> I was looking for fucking relief, like a shot. It wasn't, I wasn't making a declaration of I'm willing to change my behavior so I don't do what I did to you to anyone else. No, I just wanted to feel better about myself. So there is a linear process. And then so nine was to make the amends, you know? And so what happened is I ran, just ran into tons of them, really. I mean, I wanted, and the first move I felt was to avoid it, but then AA hit me and I stopped and, hey, all right, come on in, owe you $45 for a phone bill I never paid and shit like that. Yeah, I just kept running into it. And what's really beautiful is my mother died when I had two years sobriety. That was awesome. And the funny thing is, I went to her wake, and when my father died when I was very young, nine, a couple really started to take me out take me to demolition derbies in Freeport, Freeport, Long Island. And I told my sister when my mother died, did you get in touch with these people? And she said, oh, I forgot. So I was at the wake and these two people come in and they're looking at me and they come over and it was them. And they'd been getting my newsletter. And they said, they said, how are you, Paul? I said, I'm good. I'm in a program of recovery. I got two years. And they go, Oh, well, the husband had 12 and the wife had nine. And then the guy whispers in my ear, he says, I think you should stay in AA for five years, but after that, get a lot of outside help. <laughs> See, that's such a beautiful, those coincidences are the norm in recovery. That's to me. I like, it's like the higher power being anonymous, you know, it just, just it was mind boggling. They were there. It was incredible. So. What happened? So the ninth step, I did them, and that was one of the most liberating steps. And you see the steps are tailored to the problem, because if the problem resides in the mind, then it uses time. Yeah? So when you're feeling bad, it will tell you it's a lifelong depression is starting. Yeah? It amplifies, it, it, narrow, it changes. Yeah? It, it's a really trippy thing. It, it really thrives in what's not happening. So you're sitting here, seemingly, but your head is thinking about you're having cancer five years from now or something, or your girlfriend's screwing someone now, or you're gonna be destitute. And it's not even the destitution, it's all the meaning that's given to the destitution, yes? And so now you're getting flipped out based on what's not happening. And it's so strong, we're so strong, that we can override what's happening, yeah? We can override what's happening through thought. That's so unbelievable to me, yeah? And where it comes from is the my of the thought. Someone else's thought isn't gonna override the moment for you, but your thoughts will, yeah? And I don't see thoughts as yours or mine. And if you wanna be generous, I would, you could call most of them alcoholic thoughts because I came to AA and I went to a lot of meetings and after months of being here, I could only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts, or they're not my fucking thoughts? Because you saw sounded like me, did things like I did, and felt like me, and thought like me, so you they can't be mine if everyone fucking has them. That's it. You know, the my is a sense of proprietoriness, yeah? Which is really the bondage. Because when, when it's your problem, the problem has you, yeah? When it's your thought, the thought can have you. When it's your feeling, the feeling can ruin your vacation. It's amazing. So let's see, let's just weaken these places that can be weakened, yeah? Just let it weaken, and maybe what the general condition that will arise and hopefully stabilize is you'll travel lighter in this life. And what I thought earlier with travel lighter would be everything's going to be great, but really what travel lighter has been is there's a certain geography, a destiny for this action figure that I'm gonna to have to travel over, 
But now I've learned to try, I not learn, I just express traveling lighter over it all. That's all. And to me, really, what more do you want? Oh, oh, money, yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. More money. <laughs> I have a lavish lifestyle. <laughs> so I want to share about service. Service, obviously, is one of the three triangle parts, service, unity, and recovery. So service in my, in many, many things, but you know, if you can look, if you could look at people in <coughs> meeting rooms and see them almost like an x-ray, there's usually like this giant, like thing around them. Yeah, it's almost like a fucking moving asteroid belt. <laughs> and their interest and attention is absorbed, yeah, in self-centeredness. And service brings the interest and attention out of there. So you break through the fucking orbit of all this shit, all the my, basically, all the my. You break it to the other. And then you feel, what happens? You feel more available, yeah, something. For me, you feel bigger somehow. And then you'd sense a presence, you know? And so thousands of times. And the thing is, we're usually starting way up the ass of self. Yeah. So, and a divine proctologist, we have to have him on call every fucking hour. We have to find another way to get pulled out of that. Yes. And so, service and meetings and stuff pull out your attention and interest and put them to somewhere else. And in that redirection of attention and interest, you feel better. And then you start getting a very like granular sense of what being out of yourself is, and it's better. It's better, yeah? You just feel much cooler, chilled out. And so the service pulls you out of that. So what happens if you keep observing what happens in service? What happened with me? One time, I hit the, I hit the presence, yeah? So here's, I do the service, I feel available, and I sense a presence. Then I sense the presence, but as the presence, yeah? Not as Paul or Stanley, but as the presence. And then I realize the presence is always available, therefore I'm of service, yeah? So there's doing service, and then there's being of service. They're not exclusive, yeah? But it's nice to have both. Just like the attitude, instead of, you know, feeling gratitude until your attitude is saturated, and now you have an attitude of gratitude, yeah? That's what AA gets to, changing the attitude and outlook, which is a major fucking operation. So it changes the attitude and outlook. Well, service has done that with me. So now, I am the presence, really, and therefore I'm always available. And being always available, I'm of service. Yeah? I don't have to have a formulated one, and I do formulate it, but it's open, open range. Yeah? And the same thing with the higher power. First, you have the higher power of your own understanding, and then over time, hopefully, it ends up of having a higher power of its own understanding. Because I don't want a higher power of my understanding. <laughs> I'm going to be severely limiting it, yeah? And I'll be playing God, really. But it, it evolved to that point where it's always available at all times, right where I am, with no requirement necessary to meet it. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty, so wherever I am, it's there. And there's no, I, I'm, the to, I'm, the, I'm the one that makes up requirements. It doesn't. You ever read the prodigal son? The prodigal son is a story in uh, the New Testament. And I'm not going all Christian on every one of us, but it's a great story. So the prodigal son comes from a rich family and he, he leaves. And he starts partying, yeah? And then he keeps having guilt and shame, and he feels like he could never go back. And he, gets, he, goes, he starts going down into a bottom, and one day he wakes up, and he's in a pigsty, and he's fighting over corn cobs with the pigs. And he realizes, fuck, you know? And he gives up his, all his little requirements to meet his father again, and he just gives up. And suddenly, he's on the road, and the father's there, giving him a nice new robe and a ring, and saying, hey, we're having a big feast, yeah? 
Now, the father didn't set the requirements. The prodigal son did. The prodigal son was playing God on himself. And he didn't think he deserved it. But as soon as he dropped the fucking requirement, there it was. That's exactly what this is like. Exactly what this is like. Most of us, there's the biggest unspoken step to me in AA is quit playing God. That is the biggest one. It gets under-addressed in my view. And because the 12 steps is a linear program, which means the priority, yes? And the, the biggest principle of AA is the third step. But right in that two paragraphs, before you go into the, that, that part, it says first, you got to quit playing God. And then the biggest principle of AA is next. So first actually has more importance in a way than the third step, yeah, the principle. You have to quit playing God why it doesn't work. So we have enough evidence of that. But now let's see what's playing God to me. Yeah. So because if you if that which you're not is playing God right now, in other words, it's taking itself to be you and hearing this message and it reads or hears this thing, hey, you gotta quit playing God. Now that which is playing God hears that, what does it do? It tries to quit playing God. What is that but playing God? Ad infinitum. What is that but playing God? That which is playing God cannot quit playing God. What we see is we're not that which is playing God. You are not self. You never will be. You never can be. You are of spirit, not of mental idea and thing. If you get the horse in front of the cart, things will make fucking sense. If you keep living from the cart in front of the horse, all you're going to see is its ass, probably. I don't know what you're going to see. <laughs> so, there is a solution. And if you get to the exact nature wrong, I entertain this idea and no matter what's happened in the 20-something years, I have to admit that I have been living or I've traveled lighter in a stabilized manner for a long, long time with no maintenance, no vigilance, no lifting weights to keep it in shape. Because if you are a spiritual condition, that's the highest form of maintaining a spiritual condition. If you're a fucking mental condition, and a physical condition, you're going to need a lot of fucking maintenance of a very fragile spiritual condition because it's water and oil. Yeah? The, the spirit isn't going to soak through the mental and the physical. It isn't. But if you're a spiritual condition and you're being that, that to me is the highest form of maintenance is being a spiritual condition, to tell you the truth. And my program's been based on that for years and years and years, and it hasn't uh, let me down once. So, yeah, and you'll know the problem from the solution. If there's relief, you're on to something, and if the relief stabilizes, you're on to something, and maybe let it pass through to pass it on. Yeah, with the hopes because I see just way, you know, we know our community. We're busy making shit out of nothing all fucking day. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to be in such a severe condition and to be out to lunch completely about it. You have to, it's unbelievable, the parasite. It really is. It still gives you the sense that you're seeing, but your head's been wrapped with saran wrap, about 60 layers, you know? I mean, you can say you're here, but you're just fucking occupied. Yeah. AA is the way. If you're here, it's probably for you. Yeah. All of us, I would imagine, have enough evidence, yeah, to have a very, very firm foundation about the first step. Hopefully, we've been here a little while and we've come to believe something is doing for us. We can't do that's the second step. Make a decision about the third step and then jump into four through nine. Try to do the best you can, yes? And then there'll be some power behind your decision. So when you say, I'm going to keep a commitment, you will. When you say you're going to do that, I will, you will. Because now the dilemma has been changed. The dilemma is powerlessness, and now there's power. And when you have power, you never experience powerlessness. When you admit your powerlessness, you never experience powerlessness.
It's only when you're resisting being powerless that you experience it all fucking day. People not doing what you want, not getting what you want, all this. But when you admit that you're powerless, you're connected to power. It's unbelievable, beautiful to me. So, and then what, say, 10 is you continue to take personal inventory. Now, what I love about inventories is when you can stop writing them. Yeah. Mostly. So if you don't have any fear, there's no fear inventory. If you've outgrown fear, you don't have to do any inventory of it. <laughs> and if you have, don't have many resentments far out, when you do, you know what to do. You write it out, you make the amend where if it's necessary, you share it with your sponsor, and there you're done with it, you know? But, I mean, it's like having a cold once every four months, not a fucking, you know, blizzard of shit all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> the past, you haven't shut the door on it, you're not fucking, you know? To me, my... My belief in the past, if it was supposed to happen, it did. If it wasn't, it didn't. <laughs> End of investigation. <laughs> and you know, if you're here, it's a great immunity to what's not happening, really. I mean, the thought system, the mental state is the only thing that can produce what's not happening. We've got five other senses right here. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's like five anchors for a boat. You should be solidly here. Yeah. You're conscious of it, aren't you? Seeing is occurring right now with any effort or thought, no. Hearing is happening. You hear a lot of shit you don't even want to hear because <laughs> you don't have choice. It's hearing is there. Seeing is, what is that but awake spirit? Moving through the flute, yeah. What's, what is that? What is that? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Doesn't it seem like it's before all the thoughts we have about us? Mm -hmm. I feel it is. Yeah? It doesn't seem to have any volition. When people talk about, I, have a, I didn't want to feel that, they already felt it. The feeling already was noted. Then the, the idea of them, I didn't want to feel that. Hey, fuck, then you, you, know, you felt it already. It's too late now. Yeah? Really, you have no power. You're not, you're not, you're not the one who's conscious. Consciousness is. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is the basis of all of our lives. Yeah? And then we have a mental state that thinks about it all. Yeah? And the mental state, we become extremely obsessed with that, and it overrides the basic feeling of being conscious. It does. And therefore, what's happening, which is us, gets caught in what's not happening. And we go into what's not happening and produce an effect now by it. We are like, you know, miracle. Jesus supposedly brought someone back to life. Lazarus is one of his big top 10 miracles. You know? <laughs> Lazarus, he brought him back to life. But Lazarus was alive at one time. We're making shit out of nothing all day. We're miracle workers. For you to be fucked up by 2021 is a miracle when you're in 2019. It is. When you're in, let's say, September 14th and November 30th is flipping you out, that's a miracle. Because no one else is being flipped out by November 30th. Because everyone's in September 15th. And so are you, really. But the head is in what's not happening. And what's not happening it's, has such faith in it it had, produces an effect. And I want to finish tonight because I want to talk about faith. Faith is a big thing. And to me, just listen, doesn't, you know, I'm not talking about a faith, like not Islam or Christianity or Judaism. Faith as a force of mind, as Jesus used to talk about it, you know, it's done according to your faith or your belief. You can move a mountain with faith, a mustard seed of faith. Well, Bill W. talks about it in the big book. In uh, We Agnostics, on page 53, the first sentence it refers to, he's trying to, in a way, trying to convince people who don't believe in 
God, you know, hey, you're fucked, so, you know, so he says, but, but let us think, so he says, but let us, because he's trying to convince, he really bent over backwards, you have to admit, really, most of us, I don't think, would do that anymore, we just go, go out and fucking get drunk, no, no. but he was trying to make it a wide berth to come in, all right, but let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, he was talking about people's uh, being up Schitt's Creek, you know, consequence, circumstances. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. So when someone tells me they have no faith, they have faith in that. There's faith before the faith. They have faith that they don't have faith. So faith is always there. Yeah? But let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, for did we not believe in our own reasoning? Fucking the thought system. Yes? Did we not believe in our own fucking reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we have been faithful abjectly. Abjectly means incredibly fucking yes. Yeah. We were abjectly faithful to the God of reason. Fucking self. We've, been, we've had a God in our life already. It's called alcoholism. That was the God that ran our lives. And it really wasn't. It was a juiced up self. Because what alcoholism does, it amplifies. That's what it does. When you drink, let's say we always use this, you have a little jealous streak. Then you drink, and then you're up on stalking charges a few months later. It amplifies stuff. Yes? It does. Watch it. It doesn't amplify across the board. It doesn't amplify compassion, inclusiveness, you know, being nice to your neighbor. It amplifies fuck you, vindictiveness, wanting to be right, blame, unbelievably. Yeah? So what have what was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time, meaning now. The whole program to me is perhaps there's a better way. Yeah? Trusting something infinite or having faith in something. Change the words, not a big leap. Having faith in something infinite rather than finite self. It's not talking about faith in you, in self. If we have faith in the thought systems. We have faith in that crazy weatherman that's forecasting. Yeah? We have people sitting here that who are sober, but their heads doesn't believe they're sober. Oh, this is just good. You're going to be going tomorrow. You know what I mean? And you know, if you have faith in that, you'll probably go tomorrow. And then you'll be up Shit's Creek. And then it will pile on. Why did you leave? You know, the thing that told you to leave. Why did you leave after you leave? It's fucking relentless. You know what I mean? It pounds you every which way. Jeez. So, so faith is a force of mind. We've had it directed a lot of our lives by the mental state. How about the higher power directing it? Yeah? Maybe that faith, if directed by the how higher power, will produce an ease and comfort right now instead of the faith in the thought system, which is producing tons of anxiety about what's not happening. It's the same faith, same energy, same freaking energy. It's, what it matters is what it's put into. We have enough evidence of what it looks like to have faith in self. Any life run on it will hardly be a success. That's an understatement. Yeah? We already know. It's past the point of needing to learn anymore. Every one of us has over-fucking-done it. Now it's time to make a sheep the leap. Yeah? All right, so now the faith is in the higher power. I'm trusting this process. Yes? Don't leave before the miracle occurs. And so now, when it says it so perfectly, in the third step, there's one of the biggest promises. You have a new employer, 
being all-powerful, being all-powerful, it's going to take care of you. And there's only two requirements. If you stay close to it, where you can't be far from everywhere, yeah, which is that, yeah? And performance works well, which is doing service. So we, I believe most of us have fulfilled that requirement. Then we should be assured that we're being taken care of. Don't wait for your fucking parasite to be convinced. It won't be. Fucking start living from the innermost. The innermost is absolute. It's already convinced completely. This thing can't be. This can be incredibly convinced and unconvinced in five minutes. Yeah? It's a binary system that goes do, 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 And when it's saying something here, it's sincerely saying it. But it has no power behind it. And then the 12th step, of course, is the agenda that we adopt, you know? Practice these principles in all our affairs. If you can't do that, limit your affairs for a while. <laughs> no, limit them for, they're not forever, limit your affairs. If you know that I get involved with that shit, I'm gonna maybe get drunk. Well, don't get involved. I mean, why throw, you know, you have the knowledge, the wisdom, let it, let it, redirect you away from the hole. It's like a professor of holes. He knows everything about holes, but he keeps falling in them. What's the point of the fucking knowledge? I want to be a professor of holes so I don't fall in the hole. Yeah? And this is the idea of self-knowledge avails us nothing. Knowledge of self is very valuable. If you see what you're not and learn what you're not, you'll be able to recognize it as not you. If you keep having all the knowledge you're picking up, claimed by self, it's going to neuter any effect it could have. Especially when you most need it, fucking it won't be there. Yeah. So that, to me, the 12th thing, and then, you know, help the alcoholic, and these are the, that's the agenda we adopt, yeah? And that's our life. We've done, we've, what was possible is proclaimed, what needed to be done to allow that to occur has happened, and what maintains it was made available. And then it's, you know, like a church in Dover may have one meeting a week. We have 600 fucking meetings a week. AA knows what it's up against. This problem is a mental problem. It's not like a fucking disease you can take a shot for. Yeah? It's, that, it's insidious and powerful and cunning. And it's talking to you as you. So, yeah. I think that's it, eh? Great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay.